0: The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Eunice Blakely works with women in search of peace of mind, happiness, and overall mental wellness. She shares her expertise through counseling, consulting, and keynote speaking. She has over 16 years of experience and continues to sit under masterminds to develop a successful professional career. She shares her passion and lessons learned with women who are striving to live their best lives. Family, let's welcome Eunice Blakely to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome Welcome to Minded My Black Business. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Minded My Black Business. And, you know, on today's episode, I'm going to be a little selfish and say we have a guest who is from my hometown of Mobile, Alabama. So look you already thank you you already know it's gonna be phenomenal so <laughs> so get ready for that um but before I get into all my questions um because I'm ready to go I'm gonna pause and I want to welcome Eunice welcome Eunice Blakely to the mind in my black business podcast so welcome Eunice
1: hey I'm glad to be here glad to be here
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here um so could you uh Introduce yourself to the family and then let them know where they can find you.
1: Okay, I am Eunice Blakely. I am in Mobile, Alabama, also (laughs) known as the Gulf Coast, the port city, Mm -hmm. and um, I am a licensed professional counselor, and I'm also the owner of Efficient Coaching and Mentoring, which is um, a coaching and mentoring program I set up here in Mobile, and I also do private practice counseling um, part-time at yes. the moment and you can find me on all social media sites at Eunice Blakely one mm. uh, that's on what all do we have <laughs> oh it could be anything Twitter Instagram
0: yeah. Facebook all that good stuff
1: yes yeah, on Twitter Instagram on Facebook I'm Eunice Blakely LPC and all that and my website is com, so you can find me all things Eunice Blaker. <laughs> all
0: right now. All right. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and add all those links that you have just mentioned to the description of the episode. So when, um, you know, people are listening to this, they'll get a chance to like click on those and follow you and read up on all the good things that you're doing and mobile. So we'll make that yeah, really easy for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I am curious. I always enjoy talking with other therapists um, because I think there's some things where we just sort of have common ground on when it comes to language and why people do things they, that they do. And um, But also the stories that I find most fascinating with therapists is like, what drew them to mental health? Because that is that you know, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> the work that we do is so very different. So, what drew you to the field of mental health? What drew you to be a therapist?
1: Yes, the field actually really did draw me to it because I had no plans, intentions, or anything um, like that to go into the mental health field. Um, my plans actually was to go to law school and I wanted to be an attorney. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. So after I graduated from Alabama State University mm-hmm. uh, Go Hornets Okay, I'm going to let that slide I went to
0: Tuskegee, I'm going to let that slide <laughs>
1: Please, Thank you <laughs> So I came um, Back to Mobile and um, I took a job I was going to wait, one to take the LSAT A couple of times <laughs> because my score Wasn't high enough, mm-hmm. not where I wanted it to be um, To get into law school So I just decided I was going to work and just study a little bit more for the law school admissions test. And in between that time, I was um, working at a local um, foster home. Mm -hmm. And I found that I really liked what I was doing as far as uh, counseling. I, I wasn't technically a counselor but um i was something close like more of a case management type things but you know some counseling some counseling falls into that right and um i said hmm i kind of like this so time passed by and i went to see a, a a mentor of mine she was actually a judge um here in mobile and we talked about well you know um she she talked about not being out of school for such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you know, I, I thought about going to get my master's degree and she said, okay, and what? I said, well, I was thinking about a uh, criminal justice administration because I had my undergrad in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, why don't you think about doing something that complements your degree that will make you a little more versatile? Um, and I was like, okay, I didn't think about that. So she gave me a couple of examples and, In those examples, one of them was counseling, and I was like, wow, and she said, you're kind of in that area right now, so we talked about that, and I ended up getting into grad school at South, and I actually liked what I was doing. I, I had an internship at an intensive outpatient program and different things like that, and I loved what I was doing as far as the case management, and then when I went into counseling, it was like, okay, this is it. But I still wanted to go to law school. That was still my ultimate plan. Mm-hmm. And eventually those plans just kind of faded away um, because I loved what I started doing. Mm-hmm. So wow. that's the the short story. That was
0: a little long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the long, was, short story. No,
0: that wasn't logging out. I was, I was all in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. That's so interesting that it's almost like you got the flavor of what it means to actually do the work day in, day out. And that was the thing that made you say, I think this is where I want to be. Right. That's pretty cool. Because, you know, I think that, um, I think media is getting a little better. uh, But for a while, it was doing some really wild things when it came to portraying what therapy was like. Um, Oh,
1: God, yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) And so now we're getting things are I feel like are um, sort of integrating themselves a little better Mm -hmm. into pop culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we see it on Insecure and all these different things, right? We get to see these people that look like us um, going to therapy. And so – and so, but, you know, for those people who don't watch Insecure, I can't imagine who those five people might be, but
1: <laughs> um, at one point it was me. Well,
0: <laughs> I always, I do it in, I do it in binges to,
1: uh, can I give you a short story about uh, Insecure? What? So I had never seen one show of Insecure until September of last year.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: so uh, I was going through a really, really, really tough time uh, in September of last year. I'm talking about really just kind of down in the dumps mm-hmm. and just kind of burn out and tired. You know how mm-hmm. um we counselors can do sometimes where we just work ourselves to the core and then life happens and different Absolutely. things are going on. And so I said, well, I asked one of my friends, I said, what's a good show that I can binge watch? Because I don't need to watch law and order or anything like that Uh, anything that could possibly serve as some kind of trigger (laughs) right right um what i do every day um so she was like um why don't you watch insecure i was like oh yeah i've been intending to to do that so Mm. i caught insecure on netflix no not netflix the fire stick
0: (laughs) yeah 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 Uh (laughs) uh-huh
1: so i why that my whole weekend Mm. Consistent, and it was Labor Day weekend.
0: Okay, so you had an extra day,
1: right? It consisted (laughs) of me bench watching was it three seasons, two seasons.
0: I think it's just two. I think two they are Yeah, huh. Hella
1: and uh AF. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I watched those two seasons. That that's my whole weekend consisted of that. And that was the first time in a long time that I laughed that hard at oh a my show. Oh my I goodness. mean, I got a chance to escape and kind of just get into the world. Right. <laughs> Right. of insecurity I mean it was hilarious and I finished the show I, I finished that that weekend by that Monday I was done and I was fine but what that did for me uh was pulled me out of where I was in actuality you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. it kind of put me there with them because I promise it seems like they went to college with me and right. like some of the things that they did on there it was so funny it, it was things that I would do right and, <laughs> the twerking flute player, all that stuff. I mean, it really did what I needed it to do for me. So Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That, yeah, yes. so shout out to Issa Ray. Uh, well, yeah. Issa, I did think...
1: that. Issa was my therapist. Even you know, she I think... had that uh, napkin on her eye. I loved it. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so I think they're actually in... Um they might have started recording season three right i think yeah they
1: should and i can't wait, yeah. wait so i can watch it all at one time there you go there you go yeah
0: it is it is almost like um uh, sometimes you know when we get a chance to absorb some art that feels like we're being represented that feels like good medicine so that sounds like yes. what happened for you that it was really really it was a
1: dose of good medicine it mm-hmm. took me away from um, what I had to do at the office it took me away from everything and I needed to be taken away from it uh mm-hmm. just for if not for a moment for several moments right but I needed to be away from it and I did that
0: yeah well that's awesome that is so awesome yeah. so um so I think that they do a better job in that show of talking about um or, or portraying a more realistic version of what therapy looks like even though Molly's kind of goes in and out in terms of her on commitment that's a whole nother thing but uh... <laughs> yeah but
1: it's special reality of what um some of our clients can do especially if you work All with right. adults kind of go in and out and, and me too in therapy i kind of go in and then i'll disappear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a while and then i'll go back in but molly kind of showed that that was uh okay like as long as you go back it's okay as long as you we 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 prefer that you not do it right right (laughs) but But you know
0: i think we understand um right you know i had a moment um last week when um i had had several conversations with a potential client and um, in terms of like explaining what therapy is and the whole what the first appointment looks like and that whole process, and, um, I'm I mean we had several conversations and um, and then she didn't show and so oh yeah and so part of what I was thinking I didn't at all uh you know I wasn't upset or anything about that but it occurred to me. Um, that oftentimes, even even though we had that conversation, the absolute hardest part is coming into into our doors and sitting down right. and making it real as opposed to, you know, I'm just scheduling an appointment. So, right. um, so I say that to say um, for someone who has never been in therapy and who only has like these images of uh, what therapy looks like on TV or YouTube or whatever, where they get it from, how would you describe therapy? Like what is it because sometimes I hear people talking about well I have a good friend that I'm close to and I just share my problems with them I'm like that's nice that's not therapy so, right. like, yeah. yes. like the
1: because um, you know sometimes as a friend you can be reserved in your responses mm-hmm. uh, to what's really going on with that friend whereas in therapy um, we have a duty to give you a response you mm-hmm. know we, we don't have a duty to give you advice but we have a duty to give you a response and kind of um, open your eyes or shed some light on some things that you may have not seen with your own particular situation. Whereas in a friendship, sometimes even if it's a, a good friend, uh, they can be reserved because they, they've they been through a whole lot of stuff with you. And sometimes mm-hmm. I know sometimes as a friend, I make a decision not to make certain comments or not to mm-hmm. give um, input on certain things because I feel that, um, they may not be ready for it at that moment. You know, if I, if in therapy, if you're there, then I know you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you, um, what you need within my, within my range, as well as help you pull out some things within you that, you know, you never thought about. So Mm -hmm. therapy is, uh, all about what you make it and the, the biggest part of therapy is actually just Getting there. If you can get Mm -hmm. in those doors, then Mm -hmm. you know you have made a huge step because that's the. I think that's the hardest step. And sometimes getting in there and just kind of knowing you're gonna knowing what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. as far as you digging deep into your issues or your problems or whatever you're going to therapy for, those things are. But you get into that door, that's something else. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. I, I agree. And, you know, um, this actually kind of ties nicely into my uh, next question, because um, therapy is such a very different relationship. Um Unlike any other, and you just highlighted that when you um with your example of your friend and you're right, because when in friendships there are definitely boundaries you don't want to cross in terms of like now nah, I can say what I'm really thinking
1: about this situation.
0: <laughs> right. but, I,
1: but I like them as
0: a friend. So I'm
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like this thing, thing that I do, uh Janae, it's like, okay, do you want my input or do you want me to just listen? Mm, yeah, because on. in, in yeah. my friends sometimes they'll say Well, okay. I need you. I need you to comment. I need your input on this. So I say okay because I know sometimes with certain issues, my input can come off a little harsh, Mm -hmm. not meaning to come off harsh. You know, not not as far as my tone, but as far as okay, I see the issue that you have, but let me show you an issue about you that can make this whole thing different, Mm
0: -hmm. and you have
1: to really be ready to look at yourself when somebody oh, challenges right. you like that. So if you come into therapy, then I know that you're ready to be challenged versus right. a friend calling to vent. Right. You know, if you're just calling a vent, you don't want to hear all that. You don't want to hear that it was, it may have been you. Right. You just want to vent. You right know?
0: right so, and sometimes just feel backed up like yep that's messed up
1: yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I and I do that sometimes I'm like oh girl that's a mess right <laughs> it really is but you know at that moment that friend needed me to just kind of be a listening ear and supportive right. um and that's it yeah nothing more nothing right.
0: less yep you're absolutely right and and I think um that question of like do you want me to listen or do you want feedback um is a powerful one cuz i think um listening is something that i think a lot of us therapists this is what we do all day we listen um and but we get trained to listen in like a very specific way not trained to listen just to talk back right. or respond um but to really sort of examine the nature of what's going on and so when you have a friendship um, with someone who's a really good listener, I feel like that's really um, like a gift.
1: Right. It is.
0: Yeah. Um, So also in terms of like the differences between, um, you know, like a friendship or a support network, because this could be family members, too, um, <laughs> that that you turn to uh, and how therapy is different. There also is a level of I think sometimes because we do a really good job of soaking in the information, being reflective, providing mm-hmm. tools and coping resources that sometimes people forget we went to school. Right.
1: Right. And- <laughs> right. <laughs> We, did it. Um,
0: <laughs> we went to school and we learned about behavior and right. patterns and um research and um the the most effective treatments um and so mm-hmm. i think i think sometimes that stuff gets um gets lost um and not that that needs to be the thing that's, that's talked about in therapy but um but for me those that's another distinguishing line between a good friendship or a good you know a family member that's being supported versus um, right you know what I'm doing is based in um it's, it's based in research it's based in experience it's based in all these other things um, right and not just because I'm a good a listener uh <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. oh, so um so we talked about the fact that sometimes the hardest part is coming in the door when you think about Black entrepreneurs, because that's that's my folks that I'm, I'm most concerned with. What mm-hmm. do you think prevents them from going to therapy?
1: Um, I think, uh, as you know, a lot of times there's a lot of stigma surrounding it. Um, just a lack of knowledge of what therapy truly is and what therapy truly can be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's one of the things I think, because a lot of people think it's some type of somebody's going to be sitting in the chair and telling you what what to do and different things like that and a lot of judgmental things when it's absolutely not like that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and some other things that may stop stop um, Black entrepreneurs is sometimes we don't want to commit the time to taking care of our mental health like we do our physical health. Yeah. Sometimes some of us don't even take care of our physical health like we should, but mm-hmm. just uh, putting it on the back burner thinking that, uh, okay, I'll do that later. Or this is not a this is not important. Or I don't need anybody to tell me about my problems. I don't have to. I don't need to talk to anybody about my problems. Different things like that. So I think those are some of the things that stop them from coming in the door. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are the things that should push you in the door. <laughs> mhm.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, I think you're you're spot on with that.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, because if you think about it, most entrepreneurs, uh, especially black entrepreneurs we have a different set of things we go through Mm -hmm. as as a people. And then to add entrepreneurship on top of that, that kind of complicates things a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of need help kind of sifting through things sometimes. Because if you're an entrepreneur, you are at a higher risk of having depression, mood swings, sometimes even loss of motivation, even though you are very motivated and you love what you're doing Mm -hmm. at some times, but sometimes you can lose that motivation because, because of that burnout and that lack of balance that going into therapy can kind of help you get back into gear. Mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and one guy told me, he said, I basically added that into my budget. I added therapy into my budget Mm -hmm. and I basically pay somebody to listen at me. Mm -hmm. I need to talk. Mm -hmm. you know and I need that outlet I need that non-judgmental that that non-biased person that's not a friend that's not a family member although those are very good you know he said I just need that person just to kind of Help me sift through things. So I thought that was very good. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, kudos to him.
1: Right. <laughs> and the fact that he's a him. Oh yeah. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's something too, in terms of like being able to um, you know, for men being able to be in a spot to say, you know what, I think I need to do um some emotional work. Um Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah so yeah kudos to him um i think you i think i agree i mean i've heard that too in terms of like one feeling like it's an expense that i can't afford um Mm -hmm. just in general whether you're entrepreneur entrepreneur or not um but then there's the other piece around the time um Because for me, that sort of connects with some of these messages that we hear, like um, hustle harder or I'll sleep when I'm dead. Or like essentially, like as long as your eyes are open, you need to be building your business. And um, I mean, you could go that route, but that doesn't seem like that's sustainable. Um, Right.
1: That's that's all cute and all. (laughs) But at the same time. If you go go that route and you go that route constantly, mm-hmm. then you're gonna experience some type of burnout. Your physical health is gonna decline. Right. Your mentally your mental health definitely gonna decline and everything that you're working for, you're not gonna be able to enjoy. That's it. That's because it because you have had a mental breakdown or your body has broken out some kind of way physically, whether it's hypertension or, you know, you've had some type of stroke or something because you've driven yourself so hard and not taken take into consideration that your sleep habits, your food, what you eat, all this good stuff uh, goes into your mental health and it gives you energy to be able to perform the right. duties. Do- Of your job, and plus more, because as an entrepreneur, you're not only wearing one hat, you're wearing several hats Mm -hmm. in your business, and you're always in a constant state of arousal where you're trying to make sure this is going right, make sure this is going right, and make sure if you have other partners, they're doing what they need to be doing, everybody's contributing their part so it's like you're in this constant state of hypeness mm-hmm. that you really have to dedicate some time to come down from.
0: Absolutely absolutely and you know I think some people don't even realize that they are operating in that way I mean you mentioned like this constant state of arousal this constant state of being on um, yes. you know responding to emails immediately once I get them or um, having to plug things on social media like 24 so I sometimes I think particularly if you are walking into a business that you enjoy um it can blur you can blur those lines really quickly because you're enjoying yourself but you also <laughs> are not sleeping or you um yeah, yeah or you haven't been outside today or you haven't eaten and so um so that is really tricky too um
1: there's going to be those times where you're absolutely going to have to grind and absolutely right. going to have to hustle, but it shouldn't be a constant thing. That shouldn't be your business. Hustling. Right, right.
0: So, there you go. There you go. Uh, there should be some balance to it. That should absolutely right. be a balance to it. I'm with you, Eunice. I'm I'm with <laughs> you. Yeah, because I am all about. If we could figure out a way to get everybody a therapist, I think it would be. Oh um, yes. I you know I don't have that kind of uh, pool. Uh, right. I, I don't know who does um if i can call uh our former president or something and see what he got but <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah. <laughs> right uh yeah, but i yeah. don't for together right see, there see, you see, go I'm there you go between the two see, of them see, we, we
0: got this right, <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yes. all right
0: so shout out to them
1: uh so <laughs> <laughs> just right on in there right <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so say as a result of, uh, you know, us talking about the ways in which um some of the traps that entrepreneurs fall into, um, whether that is not attending to their um health at all, feeling as though, you know, as long as I can wake up and, and, and get tasks done and I'm good. Um, you know, as long as I can manage the stress that I'm good. Say someone has decided, you know what, I realize that I'm now in a space where I can no longer um, manage some of the emotional burdens that are coming with this, what would you say, um, how would you sort of explain to them what typically happens um, in a first appointment or or what typically happens even at a first phone call? Because sometimes that's how they, how folks get to therapy. They make that first phone call or that first email before they even Mm -hmm. walk into the office door. So what happens um, when someone's doing that for the first time? What sort of information are they getting?
1: Um, That first contact is just going to be general, as you know, demographical information. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your name, your um, age, different things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The primary thing will be, you know, what are you expecting to achieve? Or in other words, why are you coming to see me? Mm -hmm. But not in those words. Right. (laughs) And um, because you always want to make sure you're the right fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, for what their needs are at the time, not what you think they need, but what they think they need at at that time. So that first point of contact, that consultation call is pretty much going to be, you know, basically let's talk about if we're fit, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Let's not get too deep into it. And we'll talk about what I can do to help. And would you, are you interested in, you know, scheduling a first appointment? Mm -hmm. So that's what that first point of contact will look like. Okay.
0: And so once they get into, once the appointment is scheduled and they are, um, have driven up to the office, then what happens in that first appointment? Yeah. So
1: what happens in that first session, um, pretty much is, uh, what we call in counseling, building a rapport. You know, we're going to try to build this relationship. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about what's been going on. And at the same time, I'm going to also tell them a little bit about, uh, what I do and what I can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, to assist them as well and basically what their goals are for coming to me Mm -hmm. for however long that they're coming Mm -hmm. um and in building that rapport and setting those small goals first then we can kind of set the uh, course of where we're going to go therapeutically Mm -hmm. Um, so say like they may be coming in because uh, a lot of times people come in they don't know how to describe their emotion Mm Mm-hmm. You know what they're feeling. It's pretty much. I'm just tired of everything. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. You know. So basically, what I'm going to do is help you put into words. Well, what does tired look like for you? What are you tired of? Right. How are you feeling? You know. um, What could we do to fix this? Mm -hmm. And pretty soon you'll see them uh, them opening up and kind of figuring things out. You know, you just prompting asking questions that's going to prompt them to think
0: mm-hmm. think
1: about things and, and you know most importantly you want them to just get the emotion out mm-hmm. because a lot of times it's something that's been inside for a long time especially if they'll they've been hustling and grinding you mm-hmm. know whatever that emotion is whatever they're tired of that's something that they stuffed and stuffed over and over and over and over again so we have to kind of peel back those layers right uh what really, because a lot of times uh, I'm just tired. Tired is depression. Mm. It's, it's, people just don't realize it. Right. You know. Right.
0: So, yeah. You, you, okay. So you said a whole bunch of stuff that I think I did. That, that, I no, it was, good. was no, good. No, but it was good because it actually hit to some of the stuff that I was, it was another question. Because I think, you know, you mentioned in that um, very first, uh, like, point of contact that you know, we, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get some demographic information and um, to make sure that we're a good match. And that is definitely something that I do. um, And I reiterate that in that first appointment too, and let them know that we're having this initial assessment or initial appointment, whatever we want to call it. Um, But what could happen at the end of it is once I know exactly what's been going on and what you're looking for, the answer could be, I am not the right person for you. Yeah. It's based, based on my yeah. specialty, my my niche areas, my expertise. Um, but I know somebody who is. And so um sometimes what happens is you could do all this work and find somebody and call them on the phone, talk to them, go to the first appointment, and then it the results in this isn't the best fit, best fit. Um, and it could even be like personality or temperament wise, like maybe you want yeah. someone who who gives you, you know, um, who's very strict. Uh, what i mean by that like gives you um lots of assignments lots of homework and that sort of thing or you need someone who is more relaxed or whatever so it's just a whole combination of things and Uh, um sometimes that's hard too telling someone you know after they've gone through this whole process they're sitting in front of you that you know what this isn't the best i don't think this is going to work for these reasons but i might have some ideas about who you might um work better with um yeah. and so that's that's really tough so the fact that you do that in that initial point of contact is great because I think that sets up the the structure that uh, we're kind of doing this thing together we're going to see if this works out between the two of us um and because there's no need for for um either one of us to sort of um suffer through it you know if this is not going to work um right. because once you find that person that you enjoy the therapist then for me, that's when you do the best work because you feel comfortable and safe and you're open and talking. You're apt
1: to show up and participate. That's it.
0: it. The required work. That's it. That's it. And I think for our black entrepreneurs, sometimes, I think they're starting to see that now, but they don't even realize we're out here, Eunice. They don't even know that there are black men and women, Mm -hmm. um, therapists and social workers and psychologists all out here doing the work. Um, And so because sometimes that also and i hear that a lot cuz i work exclusively with black clients and it's just sort of like a breath of fresh air around stuff that they feel like they don't have to explain. right um, yes when it comes yes. to sitting with somebody that looks that looks similar to them.
1: and i could tell um even when counseling black entrepreneurs or just black um people in general i pretty much uh, when they'll say, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And I will ask them, I say, you want to know what I think? Or you want to know what the textbook said? <laughs> and they'll say, no, just tell me how you would tell me. And I, I could tell them, you know, in, in terms that are more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, say, you know, you know, that was some BS, writing. right? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, right. I, would say, I know that's your story with your ball, on it. And it sounds good. It sounds very good. Right. But, you know, I know that's some BS, and right? So even just no, just noticing the BS, calling out the BS, yeah. that gives us the opportunity to start to pull back that story because mm-hmm. you know we we have a lot of stories that we fix up. Yes, we do. tell ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. oh, well, I do this because of blah blah blah, and you know, sometimes I can say, hmm. Is that the truth or is that the story? Mm, come on now. You know, so okay. <laughs> so if, if that's the story and if you're not ready to deal with why you had to make that story up, then I'm going to say, okay, well, we cannot deal with it now, but we will have to deal with it at some point. Right. But let's move on from that because it's not authentic if we're not able to get to what the story mm-hmm. is. Why did you feel like you had to make a, make a story? Right. You know, so right that's that's I, that's,
0: I love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I think you I think you make such a great point and um you know so getting there is one part of the big battle and then staying the course is the other part of the big battle when it comes to um being in therapy because there are going to be moments when you walk out of the, the you know after session after your therapy session feeling great i mean i've even heard some people say and i've had this experience myself when i've gone to therapy feeling like i just had a good workout like feeling like one because
1: your um, endorphins are cold and your serotonin is like yeah like accomplished something like oh i did that exactly i'm gonna go climb 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 this mountain Right. (laughs) right but yeah.
0: then there are going to be other moments where you are just digging through the muck of the stuff it's right. just really hard and you're going to walk out feeling like trash and so yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> or like you're going to walk out kind of like feeling worse you're going to mm-hmm. wish you hadn't uh came or wish you hadn't disclosed what right. you disclosed in there and i try to tell um, people that that's really good if mm-hmm. you actually made it to that point. But my my job is to let you know when you have that moment where you leave therapy feeling worse, mm-hmm. then we're going to ha- already have something to put in place that you enjoy. Exactly. Whether, yeah, whether it's music, um, some type of music that you enjoy, nothing slow, mm-hmm. you know, something kind of upbeat, and you need to play it kind of loudly. Because what you basically have to do is trick your brain into coming out of that hole, mm-hmm. into some, even if you're not feeling the music at first, but because it's a music that, I mean, it's a song or some type of music that gives you a good feeling. Most of the time, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of get you out of the hole. It's not going to get you where you usually are before you got into that hole because it's having to do a little more work. Right. but it's going to get you where you need it to be. Or if it's, even if you leave your counseling session and you have to go work out or you have to just walk in nature mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of uh, neutralize your, your emotions and your feelings and different things, kind of get your mind on something else. Right. Or if you may, you may need to leave therapy and go cry it out mm-hmm. you know, because you made some uh, great accomplishments doing during that therapy session, but you still have a lot of emotion tied to it and don't, Try to stop it. Just mm-hmm. if it's crying, just get it out. Just go get it ahead out. And cry some more and cry in the shower so everything can go down the drain. Mm-hmm. And when you dry your face off and your eyes are fire red, take a deep breath and know that you did a good thing that day. That's Come on now. <laughs> Let's
0: go ahead and pass around the collection plate. <laughs> I just wave <laid> my hand. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love it. Oh, my goodness. So I think I think what we're both saying is that um, therapy is also rewarding um, mm-hmm. and but it's also a journey. Like there are moments mm-hmm. when they, where it's going to feel really good and really positive um, and moments that are going to feel really, really tough. Um I guess kinda like if you went and got a workout anyway. If you went to the gym right. work out and you hadn't done it before. Uh, moments when you have successes and moments when your muscles hurt. Right.
1: So, but you um, keep on keeping on. And another thing we can easily compare therapy to entrepreneurship because right. there are gonna be some moments in your business and building and sustaining your business where you're gonna uh go through some rough spots yes. and therapy, you're gonna go through some rough spots sometimes, but you don't quit when you get to a rough spot. You keep going because you have an end goal in mind. That's you know. It. So the rough spot, I encourage people never quit when it's rough. Yeah. If you want to quit, if you have the need to quit, if you have the desire to move to something different, then move while it's good. Mm-hmm. You know. You have that. I encourage people on jobs leave while it's good. Don't wait till yeah. it get bad if you can you know because right. some things are out of our control but right, right. if you can you know sometimes you need to just walk on out while it's good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> walk on out while it's good I love that okay yep.
0: I feel like I could ask you 50 more questions um <laughs> but it is a Monday night and you have graciously given me your time
1: <laughs> oh, so, so, so I'm gonna
0: pause but what that means is you're just gonna have to come back though so we can <laughs> oh, anytime. 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 <laughs> so before you go, before we wrap up, I have one more question. And that okay. is, what does minding my black business mean to you?
1: Hmm. What does minding my black business? Minding my black business. That's mean? it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um to me, uh minding my black business means that I'm making sure I'm operating within the guidelines of my goals you know and um to me i'm I'm about a a spirituality and walking in my purpose and aligning my purpose with my goal i'm sorry no that's backwards aligning my goals with my purpose Mm -hmm. and making sure i'm doing that making sure i'm operating pretty ethically because you know as counselors we have to operate in certain guidelines
0: yes we do and Mm -hmm. making
1: sure i'm balanced because i can't be any good to anybody you know if i'm out of balance, or if I'm burned out, I can actually do more damage than good. Mm And I, minding my Black business means to me, giving back to my Black community, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the areas of mental health and emotional wellness. Mm -hmm. It means to me, uh, collaborating with other Black entrepreneurs or other entrepreneurs that look like me, um, as we talked about before, because we do have a certain set of issues that we as Black entrepreneurs have to Overcome, mm-hmm. so just kind of collaborating and giving back. You know, you can't do anything without uh doing service. So I believe that I have to have my service in line. I believe I have to have my balance in place, and I believe I have to have my my tribe in place. And my my black business encompasses all of that. Mm. <laughs> okay, all right.
0: I, oh, she said it, y'all. So we are gonna close the doors of the church. Uh, open the doors <laughs> of the church because Eunice is out here she's she getting us all together. All right, so thank you ma'am. I can I can't even respond to that cuz that um I appreciate that. That was such a gem. Um thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like subscribe and comment on the podcast also follow the movement on our website mindingmyblackbusiness.com and on our facebook and instagram pages Minding my black business and on twitter undermining my black biz so peace and blessings to us all family and when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing let them know that you're minding my black business